Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Friday, January 13th, Ian Cameron. Alex B. Smith is back in the house. Great to have Alex back here on this Friday edition of the show. We got uh, a mini, short, small three-game card. We'll spend some time, though, looking back on what transpired last night. But first of all, we got to catch up on how our good man, Alex B. Smith, is doing. He came home, of course, from Chicago, back to Minnesota this week little under the weather, which is why he's been off the last couple of days, but feeling good enough to be back today. Alex, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, just feeling much better now. I've been, like I said, kind of dealing with a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a back problem as well. I kind of threw my back out a little bit when I was in Chicago. So those two things combined uh, just kind of took me out a little bit. But now just, yeah, great great to be back home and, you know, be back in my old surroundings and get everything set up. Apologize for the camera being tilted a little bit. I still got to <laughs> set up everything, uh, you know, on my desk uh, accordingly, but uh, like I said, you know, it takes time to get acclimated back home, but uh, but happy to be here and happy to be back on the show. Even though it's a short slate today, still a couple of games that are, you know, interesting, worth noting and talking about. Yeah, no question. And yeah, of course, a word of no lie, because before the show, like, honestly, Alex's cameras, when it's straightforward, it's actually, you know, flipping, you know, flickering. That's the way we're, it's for it to work. It's got to be tilted today. That's just yeah. the way it is. Uh, no question. But that's the way it is. You know, Alex is battling a lot of things, you know, jet lag, sicknesses, cameras needing to be tilted. So everything's <laughs> happening right now uh, for Alex right. here. Uh, on a Friday. Uh, Alex, uh, let's look back on last night. Uh, we got a, yeah. obviously a huge card last night uh, in the NHL. A lot of games to talk about. First of all, we have to start with the upset of the night, and that was the Seattle Kraken, uh, who have yeah. just had a road trip of road trips so far. I mean, they are just rolling through the competition here on this terrific stretch and sojourn through the East Coast. It's been really impressive to witness. And I think what's been great about the Kraken's run on the road trip is that you know, they've gotten in some higher scoring games and the offenses lit it up in a few of the games. The win against Toronto, the win against Ottawa, they shut out Montreal 4 nothing. But they've also shown they could do it defensively and get good goaltending. So it's been a really complete team effort from Seattle uh, during this uh, great road trip that they've been on. And when I was looking at that game last night and we were talking about it with our and our guest was just uh, hilarious as fuck. Jordan Kristanovich was just hilarious yesterday uh, on this show. When we get him back to do the bonus Patreon video, I can tell that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no question about that. But when we were talking about that game yesterday, uh, Seattle and Boston, we said this couldn't set up better for Seattle. I mean, they're rolling. They're playing well. They had some rest. They hadn't played since Monday uh, in Montreal. And here's Boston off the three-game uh, swing in California. They won all three games. There's really no urgency. They're back home off that road trip. They've got a huge divisional game with Toronto uh, on deck Saturday night. And it just went perfect to maybe say, let's maybe t pick this spot to fade Boston for as good as they've been. And it's not been easy fading Boston, obviously, with the record they had. They had no. only four regulation losses all season going into last night and none at home. Seattle handing Boston their first regulation home loss uh, last night, but it was the perfect spot and Seattle took advantage and uh, a rare night where the Bruins looked a little bit flat, a little bit lethargic and they get shut out three, nothing. Yeah. And this is that time of year where you can kind of use that look ahead spot uh, angle at all really in, in, in hockey. You can't obviously use it in the postseason and in the beginning of the year, it really doesn't matter either, but right around this time, when you have, like you said, those divisional spots or, you know, you're rematching from a, a bad loss uh, against, let's say, a Western Conference opponent, you're rematching a, a loss from early in the year, you know, where you were at home and now you're heading on the road. Those angles, you, you can kind of use that look-ahead uh, theory. And like you said, you know you, they were going to have to lose in regulation at home to somebody, but you didn't think it would be Seattle. You certainly didn't think it would be Martin Jones with a shutout performance, uh, <laughs> you know, getting it done. So that's uh, that's definitely the upset of upsets so far this year. It may not have been the biggest price uh, money line wise. It wasn't in a plus 400, 500 range, but certainly a big enough upset, and especially when you add in uh, Boston not scoring a goal at all. And trust me, uh, trust me when I tell you this. There were many times I was contemplating, don't do it, Ian. Don't bet Seattle. Just don't do it. Boston's been that good. 
don't do it. I stuck to my guns, though. We had first period and full game money line split, uh, and it ended up uh, paying off there uh, in uh, that game. Also last night uh, on the uh, card, uh, we saw the uh, Carolina Hurricanes 6-2 to two, uh, against Columbus uh, last night. That was another great result for me where two games in a row against Columbus, I've done like this ladder type of bet. First period, uh, puck line, minus one and a half, minus two and a half. I did that with Tampa Bay against Columbus a few nights ago, referencing that Cooper was pissed after they lost to Winnipeg last week, saying lack of discipline, and that was the first game since that loss, and they just, you know, they, they took it to Columbus, Tampa Bay. I figured Carolina would be in that same boat. They lost to Columbus on a shootout over the weekend. They had lost four in a row, playing better than those four losses would indicate because they were out shooting and out playing a lot of the teams in the, that four-game losing streak. So I went with Carolina puck line first period, minus one and a half, minus two and a half uh, last night. Uh, and they got the uh, job done. Great spot, and they take care of business 6-2. to two. And uh, Freddie Anderson back in the pipes, which was the thing I was worried about. Would he play well being out for such a long period of time? But no matter, they take care of business against Columbus and back in the win column for the Hurricanes. Yeah, and now it's going to be interesting to see what does uh, Carolina do now. We, and we've kind of wondered about this, you know, will, will a goalie get moved? Obviously, Kachekov, uh, he's here to stay as far as the goaltender is concerned. So it's a matter of do they move Rata, do they move Anderson? Uh, and I think Ronta might be the guy they want to keep keep around. You want to move Anderson, but is it going to be hard to shop him now or, you know, have him play a few games and start to kind of showcase him a little bit? That's something they really got to uh, kind of got, kind of answer themselves over the next, uh, you know, say th- three or four weeks. Well, the thing is, if you're going to keep the two old veterans, uh, Anderson and Ronta, then send Pyotr Kochekov back to the AHL. He's got to play. You know, he's yeah. a young kid. He's got to play, whether it's yeah. with the Carolina Hurricanes or in the AHL with the Charlotte Checkers. You know, he's got to play. Simple as that. Well, the, well, the Wolves. Got, with the Wolves. Now you're right. The Wolves. Now. I, I always say that, too. I've said that a bunch. When I, I always think Carolina's oh, yeah. farm team, Charlotte Checkers. Yeah, Chicago yeah. Wolves. Yes. Chicago Wolves. Of course, he was led them to the Calder Cup last year, uh, Piotr Kochekov. But, yeah, uh, he's either got to play in Chicago or he's got to play here with Carolina. Yeah. You know, but he's got to get the reps. He's got to get the starts. He's got to get the, uh, the the opportunities in net. So if he's not going to get them in Carolina, because now you got Anderson and Ronta back, uh, he's got to get them down in the AHL, in my opinion. And, and that's the thing, too. I think, you know, with Anderson, you know, are you better off keeping him healthy and maybe putting him, you know, in, in the box wearing a suit more games and then shopping him? Or do you play him and, like, they give him some more face time and let a team, you know, look at him and try to make a deal. Like that's a, I think that's yeah. more of the big question in my in my opinion. Because if, if you had, if I were GM, if I had to keep one or two, I keep Ronta. Uh, but I said I still want to have Kachekov playing, and I'd rather have him playing up with the big club because that tandem has worked so far. Yeah, no question about that. It's interesting to see where they go with the goaltending moving forward. Detroit four to one over Toronto. Uh, you know, not totally unexpected. The Leafs played Nash. That was a very intense, very you – know, both teams really exerted a lot of energy defensively against uh, each other. That Toronto-Nashville game on TNT the night before, uh, very good game, very tight, you know, defensive game, great goaltending in that game. And Toronto definitely didn't have that same uh, spark last night against Detroit. But credit the Red Wings. Played well, a uh, 4-1 win over the uh, Leafs uh, in that game. Feel bad for Bobby McMahon. Uh, he thinks that uh, he's got his first NHL goal last night. It gets disallowed, uh, and uh, that pretty much set the tone the rest of the night. And then uh, Detroit, of course, gets the first goal after that. So, unfortunate. You think a guy's got his first NHL goal, gets disallowed, uh, and a uh, tough moment there. It's You know what's hilarious? Now, look, his last name is spelt M-C-M-A-N-N, McMahon. It's not the other spelling of McMahon. But still, it's funny to mention that Bobby McMahon's father's name, do you know what it is? Vince McMahon. It's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, <I'm just> a... <laughs> Vince McMahon. Now, look, it's a different spelling. I get it. M C M A N N. It's not that Vince McMahon, you know, Mr. WWE, who's doing some interesting shit. Let's to, to put it mildly yeah. right now with his own company, you know, getting involved with the Saudis, going a little LIV golf route. Uh, but that's right. another story. But yeah, just funny that Bobby McMahon's son, father, Vince McMahon. Uh, there we go. That's hilarious. Um, uh, how about the uh, best bet lost for me yesterday? First time that the Montreal Canadiens don't give up four goals to the opponent. The best bet falls short with Nashville team total uh, over three and a half last night. Tons of chances, 40 shots, but actually Montembeau was pretty good uh, in net. And a last minute uh, debut in net for Nashville, Yaroslav Askarov in net for them yeah. last night. 
uh, for the uh, Predators uh, and uh, takes it on the chin with the uh, 4-3 loss to the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, a wild one between the Canucks and the Lightning where, you know, one thing about Vancouver is they're, they don't give up in games. They're, they're not good. They're awful defensively. We know that. But they were down, you know, 5-2 to two in that game. They make it 5-4. And gosh darn it, they almost tied it. I mean, what a save by Vasilevsky with like a second to go right at the end of the game. Uh, and absolutely, uh, he, it was just an outstanding save by him or else Vancouver could have tied it. But another disappointing loss, another setback for the Canucks and Tampa hangs on 5-4. That was a good game for me. I had Tampa in over five and a half, the combo bet. And I'm going to be starting to do that a lot more often, the combo bet, money line and a total. And in fact, I got one of those on the card tonight that I'll be talking about. So that's a good option at this time of year. You've got to dumb down the price of some of these big favorites, and that's the way you do it. Yeah, and, and I'd say play them now uh, because those might change. I think people might catch wind of that, and, and we might see those odds move uh, a little bit quicker over time. So I, definitely a great option and something to utilize now, especially as we get into the second half where you're going to see uh, a lot more larger favorites. Yeah, no question about that. Winnipeg 4-2 over Buffalo. They bounced back after a loss to the Detroit Red Wings the game before that. 4-2 uh, win for the Jets. Another great effort and goal from Connor Hellebuck because Buffalo was really pressing to tie that game late, made a couple of terrific saves to preserve the lead, preserve the win uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Kyle Connor with a breakaway goal that ended up being the game-winning goal. What a season for Kyle Connor! Outstanding. Remember he was uh, slow out of the gate? Well, nobody's talking about that. Uh, anymore. Uh, he's been absolutely terrific and uh, one of the huge offensive catalysts for the Jets this season. Uh, Minnesota, how about them? They were down one nothing most of that game. They rallied back 3-1 to one, uh, over the uh, New York Islanders. I took the Wild uh, in that game. Alex did too because I think that was on his card as well. Wild last night, money line over the uh, Islanders. I just felt that I just think the Wild were a little bit better team than the Islanders. It's not a bad price. Both teams were coming off losses uh, in their last game. I just thought the Wild had the chance to get the uh, job done, bounce back. I, I still have them higher up the power ratings, in my uh, opinion, than the Islanders, and they got the uh, job done 3-1 uh, over the Islanders. Calgary finally has a good third period, and they beat St. Louis 4-1. Uh, well, I'll get your thoughts on this, Alex. I voiced this uh, opinion on Twitter about the, the goaltending situation with Calgary. I think I've seen enough where I'm ready to give Dan Vladar more starts. Now, I'm not saying make him the no. number one goalie, but give him more starts. Do what Toronto's done a lot this yeah. season with their goaltenders, where Sheldon Keefe's gone with Samsonov one game, Murray the next game. Samsonov after that, and then back to Murray after that. I think Daryl Sutter's got to start thinking about doing that with Calgary. Interchange between Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar from one game to the next. Even it out because the, the, he continues to be, unfortunately, maddeningly inconsistent Jacob Markstrom. He was great in the Islander game. And then the Chicago game, he's so-so. The first St. Louis game, you know, one of the goals that led to that St. Louis comeback, I thought he should have stopped. He could have been better. And then Vladar comes in last night, and he plays great. And I think he's earned himself more of the net. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's literally what they were planning to do at the beginning of the season. Remember, Dan Vladar had a really good uh, preseason, a really good training camp. Reports were kind of indicating that, you know, he could even maybe challenge for the number one spot. So they just run the, the 1A, 1B tandem system you were going to, to do at the beginning of October. Of course, Markson, you know, got on a hot run, but now he's cooled off a bit. Now he could use the rest. And, and like I said, it's twofold. Vladar has played well enough to earn that spot. Markstrom has played poor enough to where maybe some rest would kind of help him uh, once they get back into the stretch run and, and back into the playoff race. And congratulations to Walker Dewar, who got the uh, his first ever NHL goal last night for the uh, Calgary Flames. Keep an eye on him. He's actually looked good, you know, in the uh, first opportunities he's had playing with this team. Uh, Dubé scores, Coleman, who's starting to heat up. So there's good things for Calgary. And again, all these statistics look great for them. They paint a great picture of Calgary. You know, top 10 in goals, expected goals for and against, top 10 in high danger chances for and against. But again, a record doesn't match that. Uh, well, let's see if they start putting the wins on the board to match what looks like a good team statistically. Uh, and maybe some better goaltending will help that better defensive play. And again, capitalizing more on your chances has been an issue for Calgary. And they did that last night in the 4-1 win. Uh, Ottawa beats Arizona 5-3. That's now a couple losses in a row for yours truly backing Arizona at home. So I might eat, pump the brakes now on this. Let's bet Arizona every game at home now because they're starting to lose uh, on home ice. And that's a couple in a row for them. Pittsburgh beat them and now Ottawa who's no great shakes by any stretch of the imagination 
goes into the desert and wins 5-3 last night. Good news is I had the over at least, so that the game at least goes over the total in that one. Uh, 4-2 for Vegas over Florida last night. Great third period comeback by the uh, Golden Knights last night. And that's what Jack Eichel is there to do. Big goals, timely goals, big moments. And it was his breakaway goal beating Bobrovsky to tie the game at two that sparked that comeback for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That's what you look for out of Jack. You know, J Jack Eichel is brought in here to be that difference maker, that game breaker. And we certainly saw evidence of that from him last night uh, against the uh, Florida Panthers. Yeah, it's a yeah, tough loss for Florida. I don't think they played terribly at all. In fact, they were out playing Vegas for a decent stretch, and then Vegas tracked them down. It was a bit of a – not a bit of a lucky goal. It was a weird goal that went in off Carrier, bounced into the net. He ended up falling into the net. Bad challenge by Paul Maurice to challenge for goal interference. There's no way he was going to win that. Puck was clearly in the net before the contact happened. So, nevertheless, that was the 3-2 goal. And, of course, they ended it with an empty net goal, 4-2. And then I think the uh, only other game we haven't talked about, we did say, oh, Rangers 2-1. We haven't talked about that yet. Brutal beat if you had Dallas. Absolutely awful loss if you had them uh, in yeah. that game. You are less than a second away from, obviously, winning the game one nothing, And then a rebound point shot from uh Keandre Miller goes in and ties the game at one and next thing you know of course brilliant move by Adam Fox and a backhand shelf job uh, to beat Ottinger in overtime it was a great great goal uh for him and the Rangers come back that is just that's that's a bad that's a tough tough beat if you were on the Dallas Stars last night absolutely tough tough yeah and I was I was tempted to play Dallas with Ottinger and usually a, a plus price that's usually a buy sign for me but I stayed away from it I'm really grateful I did because he said that that's one of the worst beats we've seen this NHL season. I mean, one second away from the, I think the clock's running out and then all of a sudden it's tied. And you almost think, uh, certainly if I was on Dallas at that point, I'd be thinking there's no way they're winning. That's the other way. Now. Yeah, I would have bet, bet the other way too. Yeah. Yeah. All that momentum, the crowd going nuts at Madison Square Garden last night. But uh, Rangers find a way and beat Dallas two to one. Great goalie matchup, as you would have expected last night. Ottinger and uh, Shesterkin put on a show. And another upset of the night. I mean, my goodness, I don't know how you feel as a Chicago Blackhawks fan, uh, Alex, but uh, here's this team winning games when maybe they shouldn't be, but uh, <laughs> three in a row now, uh, all on this homestand. And look, two of them were against pretty good teams, Calgary and Colorado, uh, each of the last two wins. Um, this Colorado team, boy, uh, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm not pushing the panic button, but I'm a lot more alarmed. I'm a lot more concerned yeah. now because I thought that Edmonton comeback win was going to just spearhead this team, getting themselves out of the doldrums, off the losing streak. That was a great win for them. And how did they follow it up? They weren't ready to play from the opening puck drop against Florida the other night, and they deserved to lose that game. I know they came back in the third period, but they deserved to lose that game. They can't spot a team 3 nothing and expect to win, uh, especially on home ice. And so they lost that game. And I, like a dope, came back to Colorado last night and I unfortunately picked a bad night to go first period puck line and alternative puck line and team total over with me. And I liked it even more when I saw good old Peter Morozik in net uh, for yeah. the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And sure enough, that's how bad it's going for Colorado. You know things suck right now when you are the victim of Peter Morozik's first win since December the 3rd, basically. Yeah in net and uh look they had chances but i don't think their offensive execution was any good mccarr is missing the net mckinnon had a beautiful chance when the net was empty and he totally missed the net like just stuff that you they're just their execution offensively was off the mark colorado in that game uh and look Morozik was good actually you got to give him some credit it was one of his best games of the season honestly in net and chicago scoring timely goals right now and they were able to do that against colorado and pavel franco's uh last night very, very disheartening loss for Colorado to lose, you know, to the Chicago Blackhawks because, look, they're not assured of a damn thing right now uh, in terms of the playoffs. And it's one of those two losses in a row after that momentous comeback win against Edmonton. It's like one step forward, two steps back. It's like that car engine on a cold winter morning. You put the key in the ignition. You're trying to get it started, and the engine won't turn. The engine won't crank. It won't rev up. That's, what, that's kind of what I think of this Colorado Avalanche team. They're trying to get the engine fired up. It's just not firing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a game you're supposed to win against the division rival, uh, even though it's on the road. Chicago has been playing you know, decent hockey, but still, you're Colorado. You have to step up and, and at least match the intensity. They did not do that 
And like you said, they're struggling now. And, and you say it's a, it's a bad win for the Hawks, of course, because like I said, you don't want to be getting two points at, at times where you, you know, you're supposed to be kind of uh, losing and, and getting yourself in the draft position. But that just shows you where Colorado's headspace is. It, it's it's not good right now. And, and like I said, it's not you know panic time just yet, but it's getting awfully close. Uh, if this team, I mean, at this point, they firmly look like they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I think that the division title might be out of the race. Uh, a division title race might be out of question at this point. You know what are the rumors are heating up though on Colorado? They're they're gonna really be heating up when you lose a game like that to the Blackhawks. Is these Bo Horvat rumors to Colorado? Yeah. I mean, you talk about someone that would be the perfect fit for them, you know, center. They still have not totally, you know, felt they've felt the loss of Kadri. Kadri was a perfect fit for them. And I know Kadri's been up and down with Calgary this year, but with Colorado, he's a perfect fit. And we know how great he played there, and especially yeah. in the playoffs. And uh, look, Comfer, I think, in the second-line center spot's done a very nice job. But I think they still ultimately would prefer Comfer third line because he's a good defensive center as well and gets someone with some offensive upside on that second-line center spot. And in terms of offensive upside, what can you say about Bull Horvat? He's having his best season of his career uh, by a mile. So those little rumblings about Colorado and the market for Bo Horvat uh, at the trade deadline, uh, they're going to definitely be uh, heating up probably a little bit more, especially when you see them uh, lose a game like that last night to the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks. All right, that was last night. Uh, for me, it was, look, the best bets have cooled off for me. So uh, the Nashville team total over fell short. You know, it was a kind of an up and down night last night. But on we go now to this Friday slate. We've got three games, and we'll start with Winnipeg and Pittsburgh Penguins minus 170 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Lots to talk about here. First of all, definitely Winnipeg on the back-to-back on the road. Not the greatest spot for them. No question about that after a big uh, win against Buffalo last night. Nice bounce-back performance after falling short to the uh, Detroit Red Wings before that. Also keep in mind, not only is it tough for Winnipeg in terms of back-to-back on the road, you wonder where the stamina is going to be and the energy for this team. They've got an illness you know, the kind of illness that's plaguing Alex this week and a lot of other people around the world with, you know, winter and cold and flu and COVID still floating around and all kinds of other, you know, illnesses that people battle at this time of year. Well, it's going through Winnipeg right now. I mean, they basically had a bunch of players at some point have this illness run through their system. You know, we've seen uh, Billy Hainala uh, battling it. He's uh, questionable for tonight. Morgan Barron, same thing. Cole Perfetti, he actually played through the illness. He wasn't sick. They said he wasn't 100% last night, Cole Perfetti, but he played through it, and now he's game-time decision tonight, so he might be feeling worse today than he did yesterday. So it's a back-to-back on the road. It's a team battling a little bit of an illness bug uh, right now. You wonder how much they're going to have in the tank tonight for this game against the Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh, of course, coming off the uh, – I mean, Vancouver it was up 3 nothing uh, in that game against the Penguins the other night, and Pittsburgh tied it up 10 minutes later. Uh, 3-3, which shows you the plight of the Canucks right now. And they eventually, Pittsburgh won that game 5-4 against Vancouver. Uh, They've had two days off, so it's a huge rest advantage in the schedule uh, in favor of Pittsburgh here in this game. And look, Casey DeSmith got pulled against Vancouver. Dustin Tokarski, who has been around the block, I would say, uh, to many different uh, teams, uh, up and down between the AHL and the NHL in his career, Tampa Bay, Montreal, Anaheim. Buffalo most recently, and now here in Pittsburgh. Uh, and he was very good coming in uh, to the game uh, uh, after Casey DeSmith got pulled uh, against Vancouver the other night. And look, Mike Sullivan's rewarded Tokarski for that performance, and he will be the starting goalie tonight, making his first start for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight uh, here in this game. If you look at his AHL numbers, they've actually been very good uh, down there. Uh, for the uh, Mooksbury Scranton Penguins. So he's played well in the AHL level. See if it translates here to uh, Pittsburgh tonight. He definitely played well uh, in fa- when the, after uh, DeSmith got pulled the other night against Vancouver. On the flip side, obviously back-to-back after Hellebuck played last night, you would think there's a pretty damn good chance uh, that we see uh, Dave Riddick uh, in net tonight for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, who has actually been a little bit better in some of his recent starts. Well, until the last game, which they did win 7-4 against Vancouver, but he wasn't sharp uh, in that game, David Riddick. He did give up four goals uh, to the Canucks uh, in that game. So you definitely would think Pittsburgh might be able to score some goals tonight, find the back of the net, because I do worry about, first of all, I worry about Riddick and net as opposed to Hellebuck. That's number one. Number two, 
you know, I worry about the fact it's a big rest advantage for Pittsburgh, that the Jets are not only playing back-to-back on the road, but doing so with, um, you know, an illness bug running through the hockey team, running through the dressing room a little bit right now. You worry if they're going to just end up getting worn down throughout the course of this game, especially the latter stages as it progresses. It's not easy to play back-to-back on the road when you've got maybe multiple players on this hockey team, you know, battling an illness uh, and less than 100% in some cases playing through it. You know, you really worry about just how sharp they're going to be tonight, this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. So uh, as far as this game goes, we haven't gotten the confirmation on the Winnipeg side who's going to be in that. We're just assuming at this point it's going to be uh, David Riddick. But, you know, the Jets certainly uh, are a very capable team, but it's just in this spot. Uh, don't necessarily like uh, what uh, this. I, I just don't like this spot at all for them. Back to back on the road with a less than 100% team. Uh, Alex having some technical difficulties, camera issues, but he'll be back as soon as uh, he can get back on uh, here in this one. I like Pittsburgh team total here over three and a half. Uh, that is a bet that I've made already. Go ahead with it because of the fact that, look, the Penguins during their losing streak, part of the reason they were losing those games is not just that they were giving up you know, a lot of goals in those games. They weren't necessarily scoring a ton uh, either. You know, they went through a stretch during that losing streak where, you know, they scored only one goal to the island against the Islanders. They scored only two in a loss against New Jersey, only one goal against Boston uh, in a loss. The, uh, the Vegas game, they only scored two goals. So the offense has definitely uh, had some issues during that losing streak. But now they've won two in a row, and look, their offense has kind of come back to life a little bit. Four goals against Arizona, five goals the other night against Vancouver. Granted, Winnipeg's a better team, better defensive team than both of those, but still nine goals in the last two games combined uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins with Riddick and Nett, with the Jets on a back-to-back, and with the team just battling through this uh, flu bug, illness bug, whatever you want to call it, running through the team. I think it sets up nicely here for Pittsburgh to probably – break the four goal mark so uh i lo- i like pittsburgh over three and a half year team total uh, minus 115 smaller lean to the over but i like the team total more uh alex is back with us alex what are your thoughts here jets penguins yeah no that's the same route i was actually looking at would be pittsburgh team total over because like i said don't just don't trust winnipeg in, in this back-to-back spot uh and like i said with the you know illness bug going around that's something you have to check with a lot of rosters on these teams right now just feels like it could be a, a higher pace and uh, they don't trust either side with either side betting uh, on the money line. So just go with the team total. That's a decent price laying a dollar fifteen. Yeah, minus one fifteen. Definitely uh, not a bad uh, price there as far as that goes. As far as the goal, uh, the line combinations too. We're really gonna have to wait and see on Winnipeg because there's just so many questionables due to the uh, the the, the uh, illness that's running through the hockey team. As far as Pittsburgh goes, when you look at uh, their lineups uh, right now. Uh, you, you know, you always when they are at their best, you know, Pittsburgh, they're getting, you know, Jason Zucker stepping up. He's doing that right now. Two goals, three points the last two games. I think he's a good prop uh, for this game uh, from a Pittsburgh standpoint. You're always going to get a few better prices with him uh, compared to some of the others on the team. And Ricard Raquel's the other like when Pittsburgh is playing at their absolute best. It's not all on Crosby and Malkin and Gensel's offensive shoulders. A lot of the times when they're winning their games and they're playing their best hockey, it's the likes of Zucker, the likes of Raquel, Rust. Guys like that are stepping up offensively for the Penguins. So I think Zucker and uh, Raquel are both props I'll be looking at on the Pittsburgh side uh, here tonight in this game. All right, New Jersey and Anaheim uh, in late night action. New Jersey minus 300 here. Uh, Road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. This is ESPN Plus uh, tonight for this game. And you know what's interesting? Roxy Bernstein is doing play-by-play on these late this late Friday night ESPN Plus game for the second week in a row. It's and this used to be Leah Hextall's spot. It makes me think that they're 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 lessening her load. They're lightening her load play-by-play wise. I did see her do a game last week in the sideline, you know, the rinkside reporter. But yeah. play-by-play, they're, uh, they're she's not involved as much. I've just noticed that the last. A few weeks, so yeah. well, maybe a creative uh, decision making from upstairs. Maybe I don't know, but it's just something it, I've noticed, Alex. It, it is interesting, and that might be the case. I mean, people have been you know criticizing uh, her work for some time now, so maybe you know they listen to the fans and uh, and they get what they want. 
Yeah, perhaps that's the case. But uh, interesting that I've noticed that uh, the last, like, this always used to be the Leah Hextall spot. ESPN Plus Friday night for your Ducks, Sharks, Sharks, yep. Kings, <laughs> you know, <laughs> West Coast special. Uh, and now all of a sudden, now that's two in a row, she's not there. Uh, so it's just, uh, I've noticed it. But, you know, as far as this game goes, I mean, is Anaheim going to show some pride at some point? I mean, it's just like, how many times can you get blasted and uh, uh, not be sick and tired of it? I mean, now we have seen them rise up on occasion, you know, and but the last two losses, 13 to three, outscored by the Oilers and the Bruins uh, in the last two games. Uh, now, the last time they lost two in a row at home, they bounced back. They won the next two and they beat Dallas. They shut them out. Gibson was outstanding. And then they beat San Jose 5-4 in overtime. But uh, I don't know if I trust Anaheim at all. Uh, it's just a, an erratic team. But they're also that team that after two losses like that, I've, we have seen at times they've risen up and they've bounced back and they've won games that you don't expect them to. So it's a very, very odd spot here. I know I'm not ready to lay minus 300 with New Jersey or fully ready to trust the Devils. I do think New Jersey might be a little bit of a bet on team in the near future because they're showing signs of getting out of their rough patch. Uh, the last two wins were impressive. You know, resilience, falling behind against the Rangers, coming back to beat them over the weekend. Same thing against Carolina. That game was getting away from them. They were down 3-1. They got those two quick goals at the end of the second to tie it, and then they won 5-3 in Carolina. Those are two really impressive wins for the Devils. I could see them heating up and getting on a little bit of a run. I think they'll probably win this game, but I'm not ready to trust them in this spot, if you know what I mean. So this is the one game on the card where probably side and totals-wise, I'm going to probably stay out of it. Banachek and Gibson are the projected goaltenders. Uh, for tonight, but we don't have confirmations yet uh, on either side. It's a pass for me, and I'll mention some props that I'll, that I'll probably look more toward props in this game, uh, and I'll mention those after Alex gives us his thoughts. Devils, Ducks. Yeah, it's a definite pass for me. Like I said, even if the with this team total, we're talking about four and a half plus a dollar thirty-five to go over. Uh, I don't know if I want you know New Jersey, you know, rely on them give me five goals to be in. Uh, this could easily be uh, a four-one, four-nothing, three-nothing kind of game. So. Uh, it definitely feels like New Jersey could be getting on a run right now. And uh, Anaheim's uh, defense is just, I mean, they're just miserable right now. But uh, there's just no no value play right here to, to, to wager on it. So it's a pass. Yeah, both teams, by the way, have gone over in their last three games. I lean that way. But here's the issue. The head-to-head -head has been under, 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 big time between these uh, two teams. Nothing but unders. Uh, between these uh, two teams when they played a uh, head-to-head you know the prop market you know certainly some devils that i think you could look at dawson mercer keep an eye on him this guy's finally starting to get going again offensively for the uh new jersey devils i mean i'm not even going to bother saying jack hughes jack hughes of course i mean it goes without saying he's probably capable of scoring multiple goals or at least one goal if not multiple goals every game 26 goals 49 points right now uh for the uh, new jersey devils he's been absolutely phenomenal uh, for this hockey team, no question about that. But I think if you're looking at some value right now, and maybe you know just buying on the on the cusp of someone about to maybe go on a bit of a run for this team offensively, I think that might be a Dawson Mercer for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, and and uh, plus, you know, Jesper Brad, I've mentioned him. He's got six points in the last five games uh, for the Devils. It's not a bad option either uh, right now. But to me, the one that's really got the value is Mercer. Uh, for this uh, Devils team, uh, he got the uh, two goals, one assist, three-point night against Carolina, uh, assisted on one of the goals against the Rangers. It had been a real dry spell uh, for him dating back to early December. Uh, maybe a sign he's ready to break out of it uh, right now. So uh, definitely a couple of you know, New Jersey props I'm interested in. You know, be careful with Anaheim props because we're talking about a team uh, that has scored what two and one and bit three, yeah, three goals in the last two games combined. So it's not like you want to load up on uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, offensive props tonight. But the one guy that I will always mention is Mason McTavish. You know, he is the one that has been the most, uh, the biggest beacon of light, I guess you could say, offensively lately for Anaheim. Three goals and six points in the last four games for Mason McTavish. So if you're going to bet someone on the player prop side for Anaheim, that's probably who you would want to target. Uh, all right, we will get to the last game uh, of the month, the uh, Friday night card, Edmonton-San Jose, in just a few moments right after we hear from Graham Cope. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Graham Cope is for the game. 
Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. If you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are over $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back here on the ice, guys. Yeah, and Nico Heeshear, good point, good call there uh, in the uh, chat. He's uh, from from a goal scoring standpoint, no question about that. Six in the last seven games for uh, Nico Heeshear, six goals that is uh, in the last seven games, and he is on an eight game point streak for the New Jersey Devils as well. So uh, this is one of those games too. Have fun with the same game parlay. That's what I'm going to do. Put I'll put maybe Hughes to score a goal in there. I'll put Heeshear to score a goal in there. Maybe get some points in there. Uh, and see if we can stack up a nice plus price with all of that together and see if we can cash with it. So it's so that, that kind of game for me rather than betting a, a side or a total uh, in it. Uh, all right, last game, Edmonton, San Jose. Uh, Edmonton Oilers minus 170, road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Um, we, I said this before the game against Anaheim on Wednesday night. Now, granted, we're, they're playing a bad team, and as we just talked about, Anaheim's been awful. Uh, but it was it was an opportunity for Edmonton to uh, beat down a, a team they should have beaten, and they did that. And what I liked about Edmonton was there was no screwing around after that debacle against L.A. Because that's what I think it was. It was a debacle the way they played against the Kings. Their their penalty kill was destroyed by the Kings' power play. The defensive game wasn't good. You know, the goaltending was mediocre. It was one of Skinner's bad games, believe it or not, uh, against the uh, Kings in that one. And their own power play, which is lethal, Edmonton, got totally shut down by the L.A. Kings. It was a special teams-dominated victory for L.A. against Edmonton. The only good thing about Edmonton in that game was they, they showed some team toughness, and they got involved in three fights in that game against the Kings, which was really actually refreshing to see, especially two of the guys that aren't typically guys that do that kind of thing, Clem Costin and Yessa Pugliarvi. Uh, getting involved in uh, fights in that game, which was good to see. But on the scoreboard, they got beaten down. They want you wanted to see a response. You wanted to see them not take Anaheim lightly. Show them that you know we're a much better team, and they did that. Not only the six to two win, but what was it, fifty three to twenty three in the shots? I mean, Edmonton was just all over Anaheim, and that's the way they're capable of playing. And it, this shouldn't be a spot where okay, we answered the call. After the bad game against L.A., we beat Anaheim. Now we fall flat again. No, this should be a spot where you drill another team you should beat uh, here. The San Jose Sharks, who are, you know, two and uh, six in the last eight games uh, going into this game. Uh, I think Edmonton is going to win this game. It's just a question of how do you want to bet it. It's minus 170. You could go Oilers in regulation. You could go Edmonton team total over. I've gone in multiple directions here. You're going to need to get out a pen and paper, you know, basically to uh, uh, write down and jot down what I'm betting in this game. And just in terms of pregame side and total, but it's a, it's a weird way of approaching it. And it's, you know, smaller bets across the board, but I wanted, I wanted to cover all basis, you know, in this game, but I like Edmonton a little bit in regulation. And again, you can get, you know, a better price on that uh, here tonight at around uh, even money with that here with the, uh, Oilers uh, in uh, regulation time against uh, San Jose, uh, currently at uh, minus 103, for instance, at Pinnacle. I like the Edmonton team total uh, over as well, three and a half minus 114 uh, in this game. And the one that I like the most is the combo bet, which I think is a great value bet tonight. I cashed one with Tampa Bay and over five and a half last night against the Vancouver Canucks. And like I said, I'm going to start looking more and more in this direction. You can bet Edmonton. Money line and over five and a half at plus 136 in this game at Pinnacle, which I think is just outstanding value. Because I also do see this game getting to six goals minimum, and it probably does go over six and a half as well. You've got Capo Kakinen uh, confirmed in net for the uh, San Jose Sharks. And, uh, you know, to say he has struggled this year is putting it uh, mildly. He's been a little bit better the last three starts which, you know, it really isn't saying much, but still for the season, he's got a 3.68 goals against average, 
873 save percentage for the San Jose Sharks. And Jack Campbell, here's another opportunity. Skinner is still away from the team, you know, with about to, his wife's about to give birth to their first child. Uh, so that's why he's not, it wasn't in Anaheim the other night. He's not here tonight. I don't think he'll be available tomorrow night either when they play in Vegas uh, on Saturday night. So Jack Campbell now with multiple opportunities to show Jay Woodcroft and the coaching staff that I'm ready to turn my season around. I'm ready to start playing better hockey in between the pipes for you. And it was at least a step in the right direction, you know, against Anaheim. Two goals allowed on 23 shots. You know, the offense came through for him, but, you know, here's an opportunity for him to step up. But it's also why I'm on over six and a half in case he doesn't step up uh, because it's still a guy that's still looking to find that confidence. I think this is a good opportunity for him to try to get some of that Jack Campbell level of play back up to where it can be. But am I ready to fully trust that? No. So that's why I'm also on over six and a half in this game. So it's Edmonton and Reg. Edmonton team total over three and a half, over six and a half, and also that Edmonton and over five and a half combo, which is, again, plus 136. That's my favorite bet uh, of the bunch. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Oilers, Sharks. Yeah, I like just the first period over. I went two at uh, plus ten, And it's like I said, these two goaltenders, Hard to trust them, especially early in contests. The two teams that have had a great first period overruns. Uh, so, you know, if they're going to buckle down, it still may be later in the contest. I think we'd still see some goals and some good energy early uh, in this one. So I like the first period over two and uh, plus a dollar ten. All right. There you go. First period over for uh, Alex in this one with the Oilers and the Sharks. And this is, there's a lot of good prop situations, especially on the Edmonton side. Uh, in this game, if you look at the way the lineup combination set up for them going into this game, let me start with San Jose first. Um, you know, a couple guys you want to maybe keep an eye on here for them uh, in terms of offensive uh, contribution. Meyer obviously has been very good, but Barabanov has really taken advantage of opportunity now on the top line lately. He's got two goals and he's on a six game point streak for the uh, San Jose Sharks. So Barabanov might be worth a look here for San Jose tonight uh, in this game in terms of uh, props. Uh, Nick Benino actually, one uh, scored against LA, has got points in back-to-back games, you know, for them. Uh, LeBanc on the top line's been uh, solid. And uh, another one that you want to keep in mind here is Matt Nieto. Two goals and three points in the last four games for him. On the Edmonton side of things, man, do things get really interesting here. Clem Costin, you know I've been, betting some props with him lately because he was moved up to that top line role for the Oilers. And he finally scored his first goal uh, the other night against uh, Anaheim. Uh, Definitely think he might be worth a look again tonight uh, in this game. Ryan McLeod has moved up to the second line. Not a bad option. And the two players that are going to be flanking Connor McDavid on the top line, I think are absolutely great bets tonight. Yamamoto. Yes. And the best of the bunch is Dylan Holloway. Thank, I don't know how, and I like Jay. Jay Woodcroft, I, I like. I think he's pretty smart. I th- and I like that he adjusts in-game when things aren't going well. He'll shake up the lines. He'll shake up the D-pair to try to find a combination that works. That being said, I got to give him hell for this. How the fuck did it take this long to put Dylan Holloway on the top line or on a top six forward position with this team? How did it take this long? He was buried on the fourth line all season long for the Edmonton Oilers. This guy's got terrific offensive upside, great skill level. He is not going to flourish in this league playing eight or nine minutes a night on the fourth line. And it's about damn time that he was moved up to the top line with Connor McDavid. It happened finally the other night against Anaheim uh, in that 6-2 win. And what do you know? Playing with McDavid on the top line, he scores a goal for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in that game. So, Dylan Holloway is that great prop value player. I think the best prop of the night from any of the three games, in my opinion, is Dylan Holloway. Because, again, I'll just another example of, you know, McDavid, you know what he is to score a goal. Minus 120, minus 130 uh, in some spots. Uh, Kyler Yamamoto to score a goal. You know what? He's on that top line as well, and he's plus 360 at Caesars. I mean, it's just insane value, uh, even with him. But then you go to Dylan Holloway. And his goal props, plus 460 at Caesars to score a goal for the Oilers. Again, this is a guy that scored against Anaheim, his first opportunity on the top line this season with McDavid. And you can bet him plus 460 uh, to score a goal tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in this game. So, yeah, from a value standpoint, again, doesn't mean it's going to cash 
100% for sure. But from a pure value standpoint, that's the value of the night right there, player prop-wise. Dylan Holloway, Edmonton Oilers, plus 460, score a goal, playing with McDavid tonight on the top line. Not only playing with McDavid, Alex, but also I think from a power play standpoint, they've got him ready to play maybe power play one tonight as well. So just an incredible price to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the, you know, to try and find those uh, bargain bin prices, you know, especially in the middle of the year when they're shaking things up within the lineups, making movements. That's why it's so great to have some of these sites to check these lineups and, and see where guys are being slotted and you can find some good value. Yep, no doubt. And to me, Holloway, uh, value of the night for sure uh, in the prop board. Uh, for this Friday slate. All right, great stuff. That is the Friday card. Uh, thanks to everyone, as always, for either watching the show on YouTube live or listening to the podcast. Uh, hit the like button uh, if you're watching live on YouTube. And make sure you're subscribed to patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 a month. Uh, of course, the daily Ice Guys show betting card posted there. Uh, power ratings, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. We've got bonus content coming. We've got little features too. Like I'm, we're going to do some bonus content where I'm going to re- re- finally get around to releasing my favorite in order, worst to best television broadcast teams for each individual team. We'll be doing some stuff like that. Individual NHL topical related content. Not necessarily always about betting either, just general about the NHL. That'll be on Patreon. We're going to bring back our guy that was up with me yesterday, Jordan uh, Kristanovich, to talk more, way more in depth about his career, which started with the Colorado Avalanche for about like 20-some games. You know, back when Joe Sackick and Peter Forsberg were playing for the Colorado Avalanche, early 2000s. So we're going to hear some great shit about that. Uh, as he mentioned on the show yesterday, he was wearing three different fucking hats with the Brayhead clan over in Scotland playing in the EIHL years ago where he was a player, a coach, and a GM of the team all at the same time. Oh, wow. That's you know, incredible. Yeah. So, and he <laughs> talked about how it was a living hell. So I'm sure we'll hear some good <laughs> stories about that uh, yeah. when we bring him back for our bonus Patreon segment. So just some of the stuff you'll get uh, at patreon.com uh, slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Yeah, absolutely. And also check out the Ice Guys store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Uh, we got all the hats and hoodies and T-shirts uh, in, in stock, both logos, all the different colors. So definitely check that out. That's iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. Check out the store as well. Grab yourself some merch. All right, best bets coming up after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code Ice Guys, that's promo code Ice Guys, all one word, I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com. Using the promo code Ice Guys, you get the performance package 4.0. It is a game changer. The Lawnmower 4.0, it takes care of this, among other things. Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be. Uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that. So make sure you take advantage of this manscape.com get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use the promo code ice guys, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped.
All right, we're back here on the Ice Guys for a Friday, and we are ready to wrap things up with best bets for this Friday edition of the show uh, as we get our chuckles, as many of us do after we play <laughs> that landscape ad uh, on a daily basis here uh, on this uh, show. Ah, made it entertaining for the people. What yeah. can I say? It's Alex, just been a couple of days. Yeah. It had been a couple of days since I heard it, so that's why I'm talking about Exactly. Yeah. I know when you've been away from it for a while, it's like yeah. you, know, you hear it every day. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you're away from it for a couple of days and you just you get the laughter all back again. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Alex, uh, hopefully we'll be laughing to the bank with best bets tonight. What do you think? Yeah, let's go with the late night game. Edmonton, San Jose, two teams that have been great with the first period over. Uh, two shaky goalies, of course, with Campbell and Cockinen. I think we're going to see some energy early here. So let's go first period over two plus a dollar ten. With Oilers Sharks, that's my best bet for this Friday night. All right, there you go. Edmonton, San Jose, over two, first period. A best bet here for Alex B. Smith. My best bet, it's going to come from that same game. I'm going to go with that combo. Uh, Edmonton, money line, and over five and a half at plus 136. Uh, again, Edmonton just to win the game, which I think they'll do, and, and over five and a half goals, which I also think will happen in this game. You know, I think we'll see, you know, four, two, five, three, could even be five, four Edmonton because you never know. So Jack Campbell could give up some goals. We know he's done that a lot this year, but it also wouldn't surprise me to see him play better and them to play better in front of him uh, tonight as well. But either way, Edmonton wins, and I think the game also goes over that five and a half. So Oilers and over five and a half, plus 136, best bet for me on this short Friday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. We've got making his second appearance on the show, Kevin Beach, joining us again tomorrow on the Saturday edition. The player pop, prop guru, if you will, uh, joining us tomorrow at noon Eastern. So looking forward to him being back on. And our next BetCast, if you didn't hear it already, is Tuesday, January 24th, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Our January live BetCast, January 24th. So make sure you join us for that. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, for the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now.